it is necessary to investigate before legislating. But the line between investigating and persecuting is a very fine one. The investigators tell us it seems the suspect was going to pass them, then turned and fired. Christine, Laura, what you're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations. Arise to support the impeachment of President Donald J. Trump. And I'm about to talk to him about allegations that he was involved with prostitutes in Moscow and that the Russians taped it and have leverage over him. Welcome to Information Operation. Uh, Joe Altman has been a very successful tech entrepreneur specializing in data. He's uh, been also interested in election fraud before the election and actually outed Eric Coomer as from Dominion as saying he was going to make sure Trump didn't win. Since then, he's been embroiled in lawsuits and uh, fighting the coup uh, in November. Welcome, Joe. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So, uh, you know, many in our audience know you very well, and I would suggest probably many don't. Can you give us a 30,000 foot view of who Joe Altman is? Yeah, so I was a uh, tech CEO. I, I actually was involved. I had to divest from that. Um, I was a two time Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year nominee. I was a finalist in 2020. Uh, I built my company on a cocktail napkin over a nine year period of time, where I started on a cocktail napkin up to where we were one of the largest first party data aggregators in the nation representing big clients all the way down to SMBs across the nation. So uh, we're, a, we're a national company. Um, I did not want to get involved in this fight. If I'm, if I'm being honest, I, would, I did not yeah. step out and decide, you know, this was my next calling. Um, last March, when they started shutting down, shutting down small to medium businesses and many of our clients were hemorrhaging, um, you know, my heart went out to them. I was watching basically their investment and their, and their businesses uh, evaporate overnight while big businesses were given a free pass for, you know, the, the targets and the Walmarts, basically the, right. the virus didn't exist there. And I, I saw us ball up the constitution and throw it in the, in the trash. And so hmm. that, that led me to get involved in the reopen Colorado movement. And that's kind of where it all started. The friction started with um, some of these, um, you know, these jur activist journalists writing bad things about me. And then when they started burning the community, uh, in at these Antifa protests and and burning down buildings and looting and stealing yeah. and beating people up, uh, that's when I decided I'd had enough. Uh, so in doing that, I they started writing even more bad things about me. I, I founded an organization called FEC United, which means Faith, Education, and Commerce, the three pillars of our society, hmm. um, just to restore constitutional integrity to our communities. And as a result of that, I, I teamed up with a gentleman named John Tig Tigan. Uh, who's an american hero obviously you know from the benghazi that 13 hours right. mostly about him and and several others uh he started U united american defense force which is a humanitarian humanitarian organization which protects our communities from these these thugs these uh, radical leftist thugs hmm. and so they, they they intensified the fights against me in the media and started saying really bad things about me and uh as a result of that i they came to me and said if you step away from all of this joe you'll win uh, the Entrepreneur of the Year Award, but uh, you know, there's a lot of people that are going to fight against that because uh, our company was very special. And uh, so, as a result, I said, I, "Sorry, I can't do that." And somebody came to one of my meetings and said he was with Antifa and that he was really just he felt that the courage that I had to step out that he had to come forward and and uh, idea he saw this ideological uh, transformation uh, from what he thought was good at first, fighting against fascists to 
this thing that had become everything that they say they're fighting against. And, right. and uh, so I didn't take him very seriously the first time, but the second time when he came, he said, I can get you access to this, this call where you can find these Antifa uh, activist journalists that, that are writing bad things about you. And so that interests me. So I got on that, on that call and lo and behold, that's when I ran into serendipitously or providentially is what I'd like to say, mm-hmm. uh, the Eric Coomer of Dominion. And so I didn't even know at that time what I was dealing with. And so I, as a as a CEO of a data company, I put that aside, started doing what I what I could. January 5th rolled around. I started doing math because I got sued by Eric Coomer. He lied in mm-hmm. an op-ed in the uh, Denver Post and said that I, I basically made up this social account and all these other things, and which was not true. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, on January 5th, I was asked to come to Washington because I'm a math guy. And I wrote out all of these different systems and started studying Dominion. And so on January 5th, I was in Washington, spoke at the uh, Freedom Plaza. Uh, and, uh, you know, obviously I stepped out, you know, what, six days after the election. And uh, I'm kind of going back now. Six days after the election, yeah. I stepped out and, and, and because I had done more research and, and figured out that the same person that was on that call that I did research on back then, um, obviously, you know, either followed through with or was uh, with hyperbole was speaking of something that he had the capability of doing either way he said it on that call and we all know what happened on right third so then i had to force to step down as the ceo of my company i have forced mm. to divest um and i'm now kind of a man without an island just fighting mm. for election integrity in our country so we were both at the symposium i was more on the media coverage side you were uh, on the inside uh, my sense was that there was a lot of really good information that came out. There was really an energetic, fired-up audience, especially among the legislators. But I'm not sure that translated into the general public. Can you speak to that a little bit about uh, what your thoughts were on how it went down and what was important and what was not? Well, I think that all the information was kind of a recap of some of the things like Seth Keschel came out with, uh, Dr. Mm-hmm. Frank came out with, uh, Bobby Python. They had some talk of some of the information he was able to create. Uh, out of Georgia specifically, right. of Arizona specifically. Uh, there was uh, Dr. Shiva made a uh, appearance and talked a little bit about how the math does matter and the science does matter. And you can't, you have to, you have to trust that the anomalies that exist in, in nearly every aspect are nearly impossible. You have a better chance of winning the lottery every day for the rest of your life than you do of what happened in the election. And yeah. then on top of that, we started, we started uh, stacking on behavioral I like to call them deviations, like law deviations, legal deviations, um, tech deviations, and behavioral de- deviations. Um, and so, as you, as, as I think that we were able to, for most of the general public, dumb it down to a place right. where they can understand the uh, massive amount of information and evidence that shows that the election was uh, stolen, and that this the coup and insurrection is actually from these radical leftists. You know, it's interesting, Todd, if I can if I can say this part, yeah. the information that came out about Mesa, um, I don't believe we understand how big that information is. I agree. And how I much agree. panic uh, has ensued at the Secretary of State and on the radical left side. The panic is significant. And the yeah. reason why it's significant is because what we we're able to see in this from Mesa is a before and after a snapshot of the imaging of the system and to show that the secretary of state and dominion were complicit in the behavior to delete election information for the 2020 
presidential and, and statewide election. And by doing that, they violated federal law. They didn't just do it in one place. You're talking about multiple counts. In this case, we could talk about all 63 counties or 61 of the 63 counties in Colorado where they deleted and changed the actual BIOS. And this was via their so-called update, right? I mean, yes. they were going in. Yeah. Trusted build. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm not going to speak for Tina, but I, I want to kind of give everyone an idea of this, the things the pushing points that you need to understand. Number mm -hmm. one, there was a breach of public trust. That law is in place to protect us against any fraud or malfeasance that might exist on a state, local, or national level. By deleting those logs, you delete the ability to see into, from a computer standpoint, the code or any sort of audit that may come, any the person responsible for it and what would have been done in that environment. We, yeah. Without those logs, much like Antrim County up in Michigan, we run a, a massive breach of public trust. As soon as that's done, the conversation's over. Yeah. The conversation's over. We go straight to the audit, right? You breach public trust. The only way to restore it is to actually have an audit and figure out what happened. And because Dominion is fruit of the poison tree and they're in 28 states nearly fully and have their tentacles in 40 states, we should be doing audits in a minimum in those 40 states. And I haven't even begun to start talking about ESNS or Smartmatic in other areas. So, uh, they also tried to uh, pull a scam as to to flect or whatever you want to call it, where there was some, uh, you know, that Tina released the passwords in public or they basically tried to, to yeah. run a diversion op from what was really happening. Right. Yeah. And so what they did is they tried to create allegations. These allegations are pretty serious because they use these allegations to go get a search warrant. A, a, right. A judge to sign off on a search warrant. So they lied and committed fraud. They were not counting on some of the other things that we were doing collectively across the state that mm -hmm. coincided with what Jenna Griswold uh, and her criminal syndicate was doing inside of that environment. So she's she's caught. The, the yeah. problem is, Todd, is that there's multiple people on both sides of the aisle that are involved in this. We have Republicans that are involved in it. We have Democrats that are involved in it. And they are trying to put as maximum amount of pressure uh, and start persecuting people inside of Tina Peters' office to the point where they arrested someone in her office on Saturday, um, uh, you know, alleging uh, malfeasance when really the malfeasance was on the Secretary of State's office and Dominion voting systems. They raided homes too, right? They I did. Mean, person, they private did. homes. Wow. So I think this is what's been going on in Georgia and Arizona and other states too, where the Republicans, especially in Georgia with Kemp and Raffensburger, yeah. I mean, they, they're knee deep into this. And um, you know, this goes back to the election with Stacey Abrams. I mean, she could have won that one technically, you know, maybe, um, I think Kemp probably is dirty on that. So, um, anyway, that's all going to come out. Tell us about the lawsuit or can you talk about your lawsuit? With, I, I will with talk about it freely. Um, yeah. so I, I want to start by saying this, this mm has -hmm. tur turned my life upside down, right? I've lost yeah. billions of dollars. I've had to divest from my company. Mm -hmm. uh, just the divestment by itself, based on the fact that I would have been Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year, I would have, I would have won that that award. If you've read up on any of the companies that have gone through that, they've had massive amounts of success in selling off their, off their businesses and and uh, mm -hmm. uh, growing their businesses. Um, so I've lost that. Uh, obviously, mm -hmm. they've said some really bad things about me. Eric Coomer has lied and said that I made all of this stuff up, including his social accounts. Um, but I personally uh, have now spent a couple hundred, two hundred fifty thousand dollars defending myself against what can only be described as a 
criminally uh, complicit and, and compromised judiciary. And, and so we, uh, this is an anti-slap state, it's supposed to be happening within 60 days, supposed to limit, and we were looking forward to that. There's a lawsuit, it's anti-slap, which right. gives me the ability to uh, go after him for attorney's fees. Uh, there's one thing I can say about the entire case. Number one, I did not lie. Truth is a great mm -hmm. equalizer. Uh, they have mm -hmm. attacked my family. I have had personal security detail for uh, the last 10 months. Uh, my family has been threatened. My daughter has been threatened. My son has been threatened. They've come to my home. They send powder in the mail. Anything and everything they can do to quiet me, they've tried. Um, and the only thing I did was divulge the Eric Coomer stuff. And so right. I, the judge on the case before uh, ruled, so the, the plaintiff, and this is going to get a little bit, I'll try to stay as high level as possible, ruled sure. for discovery. Um, in other words, the, the plaintiff said, hey, I'd like to get to depose uh, Mr. Oltman and all of the other plaintiffs. I'm being sued with multiple other people, including the President Trump's campaign, Sidney Powell, Mayor Giuliani, all of the other people that I talked to, like AON, um, which, by the way, is one of the few news networks that I think everyone should support, support yours yep. as well, but also support uh, OAN. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they all got sued. They wanted to depose everyone. So that was a one-sided deposition. They just wanted to depose all of us, see if they can get information so they could continue through in an anti-slap suit. Now that's supposed to be illegal. When you bring a defamation lawsuit, you're supposed to have information that would show that we lied. Well, I didn't lie. So they wanted to dig in and gather information from us, hoping they could see that there was some sort of nefarious behavior that was happening between people, but there wasn't. Yeah. yeah. So the judge on that was Judge Rappaport. She's been on the bench for 20 years. Um, she is very liberal, but she's also sensible. She's been overturned probably less than a handful of times over that 20 year career. Mm -hmm. um, ruled against him and said, you don't get access to, you don't get access to uh, depositions. We haven't even gotten to an answer yet. You either have the goods or you don't. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that judge was removed from my case. And, on, and this is where it starts to get into the nefarious nature. You're not going to believe what I'm about to tell you, but uh, we have a, on March 23rd, Governor Polis, who is obviously has given $1.4 million over the last decade to that we can see to left-leaning, very radical organizations, um, a, a, appointed her to the bench. On May 20th or thereabouts, uh, she was assigned by the presiding judge to my case. On the 24th or so, a couple days after, three or four days after, she has a status conference on this case. In that, she does what's called a sua sponte, in other words, volunteers to the plaintiff to relook at the case law that was just denied by Judge Rappaport and says, hey, look, if you want me to look at that, that issue for um, deposing Mr. Oltman and others, just let me know and, and send me a motion. Hmm. So all of the uh, defendants were like, what is just, what is happening here? Yeah. Before the ink was dry, four days later, she overturned a 20-year judge. She was a family law uh, uh, attorney, had never had any experience, and you're supposed to respect the case law. Well, she didn't do that. Yeah. And her name is uh, Marie Avery Moses. Now, why this is important is we started digging into Miss Moses. But by the way, before the ink was dry, she overturned that. And we, we were like, wait a minute. So we filed a Rule 21 with the Colorado Supreme Court. Uh, the Rule 21 on a Friday, two of the defendants uh, filed that. On Monday, another defendant filed it. Before the mm -hmm. ink was dry, that was at 1 o'clock, was the last one that was filed on Monday. By 3 o'clock, they had what's done en banc. Uh, 
denial, which means that they've they all heard it and they came to the same conclusion that they were going to deny the rule. Excuse me, the, the rule 21. There's only one problem with that, Todd. The, the Supreme Colorado Supreme Court was not even in session. Right. Did not have anything that would show that they would ever have met. There was no docket. There was no way that they could have actually collectively gotten together. Wow. And they certainly couldn't have read the 37 pages collectively in that two hour period from the last time. So you're dealing with a massive amount of fraud. And in Colorado, we have that fraud. So we started digging into this judge and this judge in June of 2020 marched, created her own posts with her two kids and her, and her husband in the Antifa protest in June of 2020. So you obviously know that we, Eric Coomer posted the Antifa manifesto, was on that call, said that Trump's not going to win. He made sure of it, was, was invested in uh, putting things up that were anti-Trump, anti-police and anti-American rhetoric. Uh, not wow. two posts, but 80, 90 posts. Um, and then you see the axis of him representing and flying all over the country, not just selling the product, but managing, servicing, building code, owning the attribution um excuse me, adjudication process uh, patent, uh, being one of the inventors. And now you have a judge that overruled the case law, is involved in then standing in the way of uh, this case. And she was marching an Antifa protest. Well, nothing to So see. what's your recourse, Joe? Do you, what's next? Or do, yeah, you, do you have a recourse? It's more nefarious than what I just told you. We've been yeah. doing a massive amount of research on that judge. We've asked for access to emails of the Colorado Court. We've got a bunch of things that we're trying to work out, all of which have have uh, really uh, run their course or cost me tremendously. Sure. It's not um, cheap. No, no, it's been crazy. But mm -hmm. we're, we're looking at, uh, re I don't want to tell you what the recourse is, but I know course, we have them. I was supposed to show up last week to a to a deposition. The problem with the deposition was not me having a deposition. I was, I was, I was okay with that. They deposed mm -hmm. everyone else. I would be deposed. Mm -hmm. It's that this judge ruled. Now keep in mind, they've tried to come after me, my family. I have personal mm -hmm. security detail. I have to have cameras. Um, I have to be careful where I go in public. Uh, said that not only do you get deposed, but you have to disclose the Antifa guy that gave you access to that call. And uh, I just said, I won't do it. Yeah, I will not do it. I mean, they, they would literally kill that guy. He would be dead right. before uh, the names came out of my mouth. And uh, so I did not show up because they wanted me not only to have that deposition, but the judge then also said, you need to have it in my courtroom so that if you don't give up that information, I can find you in contempt of court in front of me and throw you in jail, of mm -hmm. which I would last less than five days in a, in a blue leaning uh, massively corrupt uh, jail system in Denver, Colorado. So, so I did not show up for the deposition, mm. and um, you know they were furious that I didn't show up. But the the rule was he'll show up if you don't ask him the question. Um, but if you do ask them, if you're going to ask them the question, we already know why you're doing it and why you're having it there. So they've weaponized this entire system against me. Amazing. Um, and the amount of corruption that we're dealing with in the judiciary, the amount of compromise we have in the judiciary is is something that has only been seen uh, in the 1920s when you're dealing with the mafia and it, it's crazy. It, it's, a, it's a crime syndicate. That's well, what I was going to say, it's highly organized crime is what yes. it is. That, that has been working for a long time, unfortunately. So to switch gears real quick, what do you think about Afghanistan? 
I think Afghanistan is yet another failure of the Biden administration, mm -hmm. which, you know, if I'm if I'm being honest, it's an illegal administration. It was they were not elected by the people. And this shows you the lack of leadership and lack of commitment uh, from leaders on both sides of the aisle. We have a massive failure, Todd, in our country. And uh, what's happening? I, I think it's worse than a lack of leadership, but that's just me. But um, well, I'm trying to be nice because if I yeah, said yeah. if I said anything that would be a little bit more flamboyant, um, mm -hmm. obviously I would get to the passionate side of me. I just I'm got sure. done doing a podcast, and uh, it got really emotional for me. I've spent sure. time in the Middle East and Africa. I've prayed with people there. Mm -hmm. um, I have spent an enormous amount helping people, uh, not just here but over there. I, I, I've been in right. multiple nations. I taught myself Arabic. Uh, really? So, yeah. So I, you know, watching people fall off airplanes uh, that are so, that are so desperate, based on fear, they lose all sensibilities that they could survive that, even if they were able to hold on. No, it's horrific. It's uh, I, I'm worried about what's coming, but that's a whole other subject. What? Joe, I know you're really busy. I, I appreciate it. How can people get in touch with you and tell me about your podcast? Where can they find it? All that. Well, we, we have what's called Conservative Daily Podcast. I started it in mm -hmm. March of last year. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not a person that I'm kind of an introvert. I tell people that all the time because, you know, I, I don't I never needed money at the time. Uh, <laughs> when this started, I, I, I've been blessed very successfully. So I wasn't looking for that. I wasn't looking for fame. Um, you know, I, I started that podcast under an, an alias, Joe Otto, and moved it to mm -hmm. Joe Oldman when I came out. So but I decided at this point, it's time to step out and, and show uh, the true courage of, of speaking truth. And so we, we have this two hour podcast every day. I'm not on every day, but it's called Conservative Daily Podcast. We're all over the all over the Internet. Um, I am not one to be quiet. I'm not quiet about Eric Coomer. I'm not quiet about Dominion. Uh, no lawsuit is going to silence me. Uh, yeah. So that, that's where I am. And then, you know, if you want to help me, which uh, I'm really bad at asking for this as well, they did set up a give funds that gives and gives and go deal to help with legal fees um, selfless plug but any help I can get would be appreciated you bet well we'll get it out far and wide so um, and I want to have you back on down the road once we what you've uh, gone a little further in your lawsuits etc but thanks for coming on Joe I appreciate it absolutely God wins <laughs>